Hi, this is Ken Meeker, and welcome to the Dissing My Ability podcast, where today I am very honored to introduce you to my guest, Goddess Johnson. I met Goddess at a recent leadership conference training in Louisville, Kentucky, and she's just an incredible person, and she has such a powerful story that it really, it really connected with me, and it really spoke to my heart, and she embodies what resilience is and what it means to me. And she is gracious enough to be joining me here on Just Seeing My Ability. And I would like to welcome to the show, the fabulous Goddess Johnson. And, Thank uh, you. You're welcome. Oh my gosh, <laughs> what an introduction, I'm speechless. <laughs> well, it's, how, it's, how, it's honestly how, I, you know, as, as I expressed to you in Louisville, it's how I genuinely yes. And I'm hoping that you would, uh, you know, introduce yourself and share with the audience just a little bit about yourself, your disability and uh, how your disability has affected your sort of your everyday life. Wow, wonderful. Well, of course. Well, again, first and foremost, thank you for having me. I'm truly honored to be um, being on this podcast with you today. So I want to say thank you, first of all. Um, hello, everyone. My name is Goddess Johnson. I'm originally from Houston, Texas. I now reside in Orlando, Florida. Um, a little bit about me. Um, obstacles is something that has came as no surprise to me from early on in my life. Um, I've had a lot of obstacles I've had to overcome. At the early age of seven, my mother was incarcerated for life and went to prison, and I am one of four children. So growing up in the foster care system, going through all of those ups and downs, all of the stereotypes that come along with being in the system, I have experienced it on so many levels from physical, emotional, sexual abuse, and having to rise above different things that were spoke onto my life of what I couldn't do. So fast forward, I am one, like I stated, of four children. And unfortunately, both of my brothers um, are both incarcerated doing life sentences as well. I was happily the first one to graduate high school and college and took on the role of raising my sister. And it's important that I give you this background so you can understand my journey with my vision loss. Um, I took custody of my sister when I was 17 years old after being emancipated, and I instilled in her all of the newfound beginnings that I wanted. So she was able to go to high school, following my footsteps, going to the medical career. Um, I successfully became a nurse, went into the military, served my country proudly um, for five years, and was a nurse for a total of 15 up until one day which leading up to how I lost my vision. I was at work like any other day, uh, working in the emergency room 12 hours. I got off, um, picked up my sister who worked in admitting downstairs, went and got my niece from a after hours daycare and got on the road, headed home. I remember our conversation was talking about pancakes. And the next thing I knew, I just woke up and everything was black. Um, it comes to find out that I was in a tragic car accident there was a lady who had epilepsy, I found out later, who shouldn't have been driving, who was driving, who caused a five-car pileup on the highway, and my car was the second car. Um, needless to say, I was thrown from the car, suffered several uh, major injuries, one of which I was in a coma for a total of nine months. Oh, wow. And when I, when I woke up from that coma, not knowing I was in coma, because all I remember is just one minute driving, waking up, it was dark. And so I remember a voice just telling me, um, 
you know, just kept on saying, hello, can you hear me? And, you know, being, I couldn't move, like I couldn't move, I couldn't speak, um, and it was dark. So I basically was getting told that, you know, I had been in a tragic car accident. Um, I had been in a coma for over nine months and I was coming to after that and I could no longer see due to the impact of the accident, I was left blind. And because of me being in that coma for so long, your body is just not in use. So I couldn't really speak. I couldn't move. But that wasn't the devastating news to me. I was also told that I lost my sister and I lost my niece. And not being able to speak or express that, I can't even explain to you how that felt. Um, so I kind of got all of this news all at once. Um, so that's what led to, at the time, I thought was the most um, worst thing. I didn't want to go on. I thought it was just a death sentence. And I just went into a really dark place. Um, but needless to say, now on today, I can say that it gave me a greater vision and it shined a new light in my life. And I have been able to turn every tragedy in my life into a message of hope and inspiration from becoming a motivational speaker, which I am on today and have been for the last three years. And I have been blessed to be able to now say to each and every person on today that it took me to lose my physical sight to gain my vision. So that's what started my journey, Ken. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, I just remember when I first heard your story and you, you elaborated on it a little bit more. Now, I didn't realize it was nine months that you were in a coma. Dang, that's yes. a long time. Um, yes. And I can only, like, I can't even imagine what that, like, that's just unimaginable. And just to know where you are now, it's, it's like, that's why I say you, you are the definition of resilience to me, because that is, that's a lot. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. That's that's a lot, but but you know, one of the things that I just I I I just so admire, and I just I I think it's how bright you are. You just you light up a room, <laughs> and yeah. you don't. Yeah, a lot of we all have our share of tragedy, and yours is probably far greater than most people's. That's for sure. But what you don't live in that tragedy, and that's what I no. that's what I that's what I love. It's you. You acknowledge it happened. It, it, it's there, and but you don't you don't stay there, and that's what I Absolutely. think is so powerful. Is that yeah, it, it bad things happen. They're yes. not right. They're not fair. They it, it's not fair, uh, right. but they happen. And if we don't acknowledge it, if we don't, you know, if it if we don't say yes, this happened. It's not it's not right, but it's not gonna cause me harm every single day, and I can rise above it, and I can do Absolutely. with my life the things that would make the people that aren't around with us anymore proud you know and i absolutely what, and, and i have no doubt that you know your sister and your niece sergeant that they're so proud of you uh you. for everything that you're you know doing and accomplishing and just it's, and just and i admire just, you so much <laughs> i'm trying to hold back my tears but that just goes like i like i like i always say ken you know in my life it has been so many situations that I could not control the things that happened to me, yeah. you know, and it's very important. You said what you just said, because, yes, life is going to happen no matter what. But one thing that I model myself on is the fact that my response is my own responsibility. Yeah. So how I respond to a situation, I can control that. 
And my response to these obstacles has been, no matter what, I'm not going to let it steal my light. I'm not going to let it steal the ability to let me shine. And I choose to smile my way through it. I choose to still be who I am because I believe with by being that, that is me carrying on the legacy and allowing my sister and my niece's life. It's not in vain, you know? So for me, yes, I have went through some more tremendous experiences, tragedies than most, yes. But through your pain comes strength. And that's what I want to show. When it came to my sight loss, it's like I didn't have time to really think about being down because I was also a mother of a six-year-old son. So growing up and not having my mother, her being incarcerated, being in the system, I vowed that I would always be present, you know? So I didn't have time to do the woe is me, even though inside I felt so broken and down, I had to find that light. And for me, that was my son. And that started me into a, a just a no, there's no way I can't, I can't, could not be in my vocabulary. Yeah. So. Yeah. So you, yeah, so I'm going to scrap my question that I had next, but because uh, you touched on something that I think that uh, it's a philosophy I kind of live by, and I think it's so important. Uh, and it's that happiness is a choice. Yes. Does it mean it's easy? And and it sometimes it's very difficult to find, and sometimes it is a struggle to be there. But I think in order to be happy, you must want to be happy, and you have to choose that that's what you want to be. And sometimes it's very difficult to get to that spot. But you have to want it in order for it to happen. It's not something that happens to us. We choose it. Um, and so I think that you, you hit on that just so eloquently. But then you said something else that really resonated with me is that, you know, because of your son, you know, you didn't have the, you didn't have the choice to sit there and wallow and because you had a responsibility and you had you you couldn't stay in that negative space because you had a responsibility and somebody you loved you had to take care of. Right. Oh, uh, it, it reminded me of so. I lost my sight in 2014, you know, to about two and a half years to get better. And during that time, uh, I lived with my mom or she, you know, we lived together. And yes. as soon as I sort of became stable with my health, my mom was diagnosed with stage four cancer and mm. I became her, her caregiver. And it, and just like with you and your side, it wasn't, it wasn't a conscious decision. It wasn't a choice. It was just what was going to happen. It was not even a it, it wasn't even conscious that I made that choice that, all right, I'm taking care of her because that's, I just got to step up. I don't get to sit right. here and, and, you know, so I love that, that sense of hurting still. Yes. Um, and that you acknowledge all of that and, and you realize that all of that can coexist together and just be open and honest about that. Cause I think that oftentimes people are like, well, they have to hide that, that, that either the sadness or the fact that, uh, they're hurting inside and that they just have to be strong 100% of the time and sort of shove down that pain, but you don't have to, you, it can all coexist together. And I think that's so important to acknowledge that you, it doesn't have to be one way or the other. It can be a bunch of life is complex. <laughs> yes, it can. It can. And you find a way to kind of, um, manage, like trust the process in itself, you know what I mean? And when you, you're <laughs> as a parent, you know, my son, gave me a, a, a strength that I can't even explain, Ken, which I'm pretty sure you can relate with the bond between you and your mother, you know, because we've shared that, you know. So for me, he didn't see a, a mom who was disabled. He never saw 
a disability in me. I remember my son telling me I was in over two years of rehabilitation therapy to learn how to walk, talk, and speak again. So by this time, he had turned eight and a half. And it's like, I remember my son saying, Mom, we're going to do this. And that's all I needed to hear. Yeah. You know, it was so many people in my life that were taken for whatever their choices or whatever reason. But he was my, my gift, you know, and he was there. So he gave me the strength that I didn't know about any kind of rehabilitation therapy when I lost my sight. I didn't even know about using a cane, but we were able to work together and I was able to learn how to get around, to navigate. I was able to be able to cook. I was able to teach all of these skills to myself again with the help of my child. And we managed to do it together, you know, and he grew up. He learned a lot of things. He was balancing a checkbook at eight. He appreciates that now. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, at the time, you know, he never, ever made me feel like I couldn't. Yeah. And, and that was something that I, I just can never explain how that made me feel, you know, and that wasn't the end for me. You know, I did have. Um, their father was, his father was there for some time. I did ended up getting pregnant with my daughter. And um, at that point, you know, that was another chapter in my life, which I shared. I became, I was, um, the relationship became abusive. So I was in a domestic violence relationship at this time, but I had lost my sense of inner self-worth due to my blindness. Mm -hmm. So I, even though I had learned these skills, I was no longer this making this good money, nursing and doing this. And I didn't feel like anyone would want me because I didn't feel like I was worth it. So I stayed in something that was unhealthy because of a lack of knowing my own worth, which took me going to see counseling and get therapy, which I'm a big advocate for. Because at that time, that helped me sort through those issues. And then I got my confidence back and took me to step out on a faith walk with being four months pregnant to make a decision to just up and move to Florida where I knew no one. But I was determined to do more for myself. And I knew I did not deserve that, you know. Mm -hmm. And never knowing that that decision was going to be what changed my life for the better. Yeah, well, I'm glad that you found that that that, that strength again. You know, it's it's interesting. You know, you mentioned uh, therapy. I'm a big, 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 big proponent yes. of it. I've, it has saved my life. Yes. <laughs> that is for yes. sure. I, I, we all have stuff we have to go through in life. And we can't do it on our own. Oh, we need, no. Reaching out is not a sign of weakness. Reaching out for help is a sign of strength, saying, I don't have the ability to deal with all of this myself. You know, it's it's courage to reach out for help. It's, yes. not, a, it's not a weakness. And so uh, I'm so glad that you you did that and that, you know, you, you were like, all right, I need this. I need to, to find myself again. And I know when I was working within the VR service, you know, the vocational rehab structure, one of the the biggest part of my job I saw was helping people recognize that they're not any different of a person just because they can't see anymore. They have a loss of sight. They're still the same person. They're not, yes. it just, how they do things is different. They're just as, but, and that once you find that resilience and once you recognize that I'm not a different person, it, your disability can become your superpower. 
Yes, yes, it can. And I know for has. I mean, for you, I mean, you definitely are, have superpowers. That is for sure. That is absolutely for sure. Um, <laughs> Thank you, love. Because I mean, it's just astonishing to me to know your journey and how, what you know what you shared with me and where you are now. And it's like, how could if you can do it? That's it. <laughs> I mean, right on. Because it hand. wasn't just vision loss; it was so much more. Oh, yeah, and, right. uh, and it's like, all right, well. I don't have, I have, I'd have never justified it, you know, being like, whoa, you know, my poor, my poor self, because, you know, I can't, you know, I run into a pole or something like that, but it's, you know, all of our journeys are different, but you're just, I, I, I just think you're amazing. I really do. Thank you. Um, you're welcome. So um, I wanted to touch on something that you had, you had, you had mentioned about uh, getting around and traveling and learning how to travel again and stuff like that. I can relate to that, you know, because we both have, neither of us drive. Uh, right because we definitely shouldn't be driving either and i don't know enough much about or, uh, orlando and their public transit system but you know where i am in phoenix it, it can be quite a, a mess to get around sometimes i'm here <laughs> you don't drive it's like people that do drive i don't know if you've experienced this but where they kind of i don't want to say they look down on people that don't drive but it's mm-hmm. like I felt like an inconvenience sometimes having to ask for Correct. a ride, you know, and it's, it's, it's kind of sucks. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, what kind of challenges specifically have you sort of had to, I mean, do you have kids and, you know, I, I, it's just me most of the time. Uh, so how have you sort of dealt with that, that, that the issue of getting around and you know, grocery so shopping that, and public transportation oh and all that kind of stuff? Oh my goodness. The, the reason I had the gray hair. So <laughs> <laughs> With traveling, that has been that was like one of my biggest like ugh moments, you know, because as I shared with you earlier, I didn't know about rehabilitation therapy, none of that. Schools for the blind. So in the beginning, everything to me, I just kind of roughed it, you know. So trying to go through the public bus system was my first experiences to the point where having to develop techniques on my own, not using a cane, because again, I didn't know anything about it. So it was it wasn't until I came to Florida and then I got introduced to um, paratransit because there was a this bus that used to come in my complex all the time. And my daughter actually remembers she was like, mom, um, she met the the um, one of the little girls in the complex and her mom had a sight problem as well. And so um, she was like her mom that they're coming to get her. And so I asked her, I was like, well, how did you, you know, is that a special service? And that's when this light bulb went off and I got to tell, I was educated on paratransit. And then she began to tell me about this school for the blind. And I'm like, what, you know, okay. And then I learned, Hey, you can ride the bus for free. I'm like, huh? Okay. So (laughs) it's like, where, what has this been on my life? And then, so I immediately called, you know, the division of blind services. That's what we had to go through here. And they began to tell me all this stuff. And I'm just like, do you all know what I've been going through for the last seven years? Because for seven years, I had adapted to the things that I had taught myself, you know, and here I was now finding out all of these resources. It's like the sky was the limit. So for me, it took a lot of pre-planning because having, you know, my children were eight years apart, you know, and having here in Florida, um, if your child is born in a, before a certain time, they can't just start preschool. So it was me and my daughter, you know, a lot of the time. So when I got introduced to paratransit, it got a little easier. And then 
thank God for Uber and Lyft. I mean, the creator of that, I just would like to give them a big hug because when that came about, it was like, now it's like, okay, because with being a motivational speaker, traveling is something I do a lot. I'm always in a different state somewhere. I don't really know it. So it's like important to me. I have to pre-plan. I'm, you know, going through, I'm checking the scene. Okay. Is the airport, do they have you know, Ira, is this available? How far? It's a lot of pre-planning in my life. And the biggest struggle in the beginning was, you know, the treatment you get when you can't drive, you know, mm -hmm. like, you know, that whole mentality or that whole aura that went around with it for me was the hardest thing to deal with because I'm a very, you know, upbeat, nice type of person. And I tried my best to treat people how I want to be treated. And oftentimes when I would run into you know, someone who was driving, whether it be paratransit or, and they weren't as kind, you know, I found a way just to, to speak with them, not in a negative way, but just to remind them of the, the, the wonderful it is to still be able to do what you're doing. Because for a person like me, what happened to me, it could happen. It could happen to you. Mm -hmm. It was unexpected. So you never know when you can be on the other side and you would want to still be able to feel like a person you will want to still be able to get around. So I guess to answer that, I kind of learned how to utilize a teaching method to kind of get, get these, the person or whoever was in that situation to kind of understand, you know, the importance of what you're doing. I'm appreciative, but you, you never know the background of the story. So for me, yeah. that was the biggest my biggest obstacle within the whole, you know, this whole journey of my site, you know? Yeah, it's 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 cool. I like that you mentioned, you know, I, I use Uber and Lyft a lot myself. I always wind up sharing, you know, even if it's a short ride, just sort of, mm -hmm. you know, why they're driving and I'm not. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> a know, great icebreaker. <laughs> yeah, and just how much I appreciate what they do and how easier they it makes my life. And Sometimes I don't know if you've heard the same thing, but like when I tell them, you know, I lost my side, da, 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 they're like, oh, that that's it. You either get, oh, that sucks, or that. that, that. Yeah, well, I'm and sorry. Sort of, yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, you get, I'm sorry, and I'm like, I'm not. I'm good. I'm not, I get around exactly. just fine. I'm, I'm, yeah. you know, thank, you know, thank you, but I'm, I don't need you to be sorry for me. I'm, I'm fine. I'm, I'm good. You talked about planning, and how much planning has to go into travel, like especially if you're going somewhere unfamiliar, like to a new city or whatever. And uh, I can absolutely relate to that because I do the same thing. I plan out, like when going to Louisville, I was on my phone, I was mapping everything out, oh, yes. everything. <laughs> I wanted to know where everything was. And so one thing that I'm pretty sure that you've encountered, because um, you probably do at least as much travel as I do, if not more, what happens when like your ride doesn't show up or they cancel on you Ugh. or those types of things? So how do you, how do you, how do you deal with that? How do you handle those situations? And so, and that is, it's funny you asked me that because I just had encountered that today. <laughs> I had did all of this to schedule. Um, as I shared, I'm currently, um, I was sharing with you, I was in California. I'm actually, um, going to be the keynote speaker of a youth empowerment conference here. And I'm the type of person I like to get places early. So if I had it, I, I, I kind of, and I'm glad I do that because that's kind of like my answer. So I have to pre plan, but always plan to be at least an hour or two hours early to wherever mm -hmm. I have to be and which can avoid a situation like today. 
I had, you know, set up everything and plan and because I wanted to be able to take some, you know, some gifts to kind of thank um, the coordinators and things like that. And so I was like, okay, I want to do this. I'm on a schedule. And, you know, they do the thing where they're coming, you're waiting, and then all of a sudden your ride's canceled. Mm-hmm. And then the next ride is like 14, 16 minutes. <laughs> you know, and you know, uh-huh. and those 14, 16 minutes can cause a big difference when you done scheduled out your day. Yeah. It may not sound like a lot, but it does. I'm like, okay. But thankfully, because of the pre-planning and the making sure I gave myself way more time, I scheduled that in there. So it's like you constantly always have to be like extra early, whether it be I don't do two hours at the airport. I'm there three hours ahead of time. You know, I just never know because if I have to can do Uber Lyft for whatever reason, I have to um, um, depend on my paratransit. You know, that can be a a whole coming to Jesus moment in itself (laughs) waiting for them. So, <laughs> that's so true. That's so, I'm glad you put you it that know. way because that's so true. Right. And I try to do it like that because I, I do it for two reasons. First of all, this world doesn't conform to our disability. We yeah. learn to adjust in it. Yeah. And I always, I don't need, I don't want the special treatment. I want to be held at the same standard. Yeah. I want to be professional. If I'm booked for something, I want to be there on time. I want to show up on time. That's just me. And also it helps me keep my attitude in check because when you are frustrated because you're late, sometimes that tends to project off on the other person. And a lot of times I'm, I don't know if you experience, sometimes you're the first interaction that someone has had with somebody who is legally blind or visually impaired. And I don't want my the way I'm feeling from being frustrated or something where I could took a few extra steps to come off and then they'd be like, oh, and then, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes that one bad experience can just turn you off. And I guess that's why I pride myself on being the bubbly personality that I am smiling and always outgoing, because if you have to encounter, I want you to have a good experience. I want you to know that this life is it's fun. We, we, we are happy. It's not, you know what I'm saying? So I take all that into consideration. Also too, I'm a mom. And a lot of times when I was, I'm traveling sometimes or going places, I'm with my child or I'm with both of my kids when my son's home from college. And I believe in setting an example, an example that they can look up to. And when I'm not around, I know they're exemplifying the same characteristics of their mother. And it prides me to know that I'm doing a good job because my son's 19 and I get people coming up to me still now, like, oh my God, he's, you know, and that Mm -hmm. means something to me. So it kind of all, that's how I kind of worked around that and made it work for me. Yeah. I think that's a, I think that's a fantastic message to, to, to put out there is, you know what, we, we all have bad stuff that happens to us and, to it's not somebody else's fault you know right. um, even when they're when we're treated badly by somebody or somebody mm-hmm. like high desk it's not us that usually it's not our fault they're not mad at us or they're not angry at us something else is going on in their life and we don't Absolutely. need to respond to that with negativity and you know uh being kind is free <laughs> i say that Absolutely. all the time it's kindness is free and what you i firmly believe what you put out is what you're going to get back Absolutely. and uh, i know it's worked for me in my life and uh, but I wanted to touch on one thing that you meant, you know, that you have to, I say all the time, it's everything takes longer when you 
can't see. Yes. Everything takes longer. Everything. That was a huge adjustment for me is uh, not like I'm always on the go, like, you know, go, go, go. But I having to add in that extra time was something mm-hmm. I was not prepared for, you know, <laughs> no, trust me, I know. how much time you have to add to everything <laughs> just to do something. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's, it's, it's still an adjustment. I think it's still one of those things. Trust me. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, well, why do we have to, you know, if it's somebody that's, you know, cited or whatever, I'll be like, no, 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 no. We, I need, I need that extra time because <laughs> it's definitely needed. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Cause you know, Ubers do cancel. It happens to me all the time. Yeah. They have a hard time finding my house. And it's like, come on, just follow the instructions. Um, and you'll be get here just fine. But um, I want to thank you so much for 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 taking the time and coming on and uh, sharing your story with me, Goddess. It's, it's you're a beautiful person and your story is so not just inspirational, but it's aspirational because you you are a shining example of overcoming challenges and adversity and you know, bad stuff happens and uh that you, it doesn't have to ruin your life. In fact, it can, as you said, you, you didn't have sight until you lost your sight. Yes, sir. And, and I, I, I can completely relate to, to that message in that story because I didn't really know who I was until after I lost my sight as well. So um, not that either one of us were bad people. It's just, I didn't, I didn't come into my own until that, until after I lost my sight. Absolutely. And so I just want to thank you so much for sharing your light, your positivity, um, and your story. It just, it, it resonates. It reminds me so much of my mom. And that's what I told you about, you know, uh, she had a hard life and, uh, you, the way that you're at your attitude and how you're raising your, your, your kids and stuff. It's just, it reminds me of her so much as, I, as I've already shared with you privately. So, yes. um, uh, you are just the greatest inspiration to me. And um, if you wouldn't mind sharing, uh, if any of the listeners wanted to get a hold of you or find you, where can they uh, connect with you? Of course. So I am on social media. I'm on Facebook under Goddess Johnson. That's G-O-D-D-E-S-T-J-O-H-N-S-O-N. That is my, I have that page as well as I have another page as well. I'm under Goddess, G-O-D-D-E-S-T-T-H-R-A-I-L-K-I-L-L. I'm also on Instagram under the real dot goddess. I also have a website I can share with Ken as well. Um, I have my own LLC, which is called Fight, which stands for Faith is Getting Her Through. I will share that as well. You can reach out to me there. It has all of my social media handles on there. And I am a very impersonal person. You can always feel free to just call me up at 863-272-0390. All right. (laughs) Yes. So that's how much I care. You can call me up and I will be available. And Ken, thank you. Thank you so very much. And just as well, um, you were an inspiration to me as well. And I think you are a beautiful spirit inside and out. And I may not have ever met your mother, but just from the person that you are, I can see that she, trust me, is truly, truly proud of you. And you keep on just being the best you you can be. Oh, thank you. That means that means a lot, quite a lot to me. Thank you very, very, very much for saying that. So I think that's a great place to end. Um, I would love to thank everybody for tuning in and listening to the Dissing My Ability podcast. I'm your host, Ken Meeker, and I would hope everybody 
tunes into uh, every episode. We put out a new episode of Dissing My Ability every Monday. And uh, don't forget, you can reach out to me through my website, vitalitycareercoaching.com, or on my LinkedIn at Ken Meeker AZ. And please remember to be kind to others and to yourself. Thank you.